This is Podflix, episode 175. I'm Willie. I'm Nish. I'm Paul. So we're back after a little break, huh? I guess we are. Was it a break? Maybe I was just lazy, didn't mix some episodes. <laughs> Maybe the break is yet to come. That's right. <laughs> the real you break. You never know. Uh, no, I took, I took a little <laughs> um, trip to the shores of Connecticut. Nish, you, you took a little break to the shores of Virginia, yeah? Yeah, sure I did. I went went down to Virginia Beach. It was uh it was a fun time and nothing exciting happened. Did you boogie board? No, I didn't. I forgot to bring my boogie board. Of course, to the fucking beach. You want um, a boogie board? I, I have a boogie board, yeah. I did not oh bring it. Is, yeah. it. is it grown up uh, size? Nish likes to boogie. It's it's grown up size. Um it would have been better, honestly, to have a kid size one because that's you know, my kids would have been more into it than I would have been. Let me tell you, I, I took my kids to the beach, not last summer because of COVID, summer before, every other week. They love boogie boarding and I would come back exhausted because I'm out in the ocean basically waiting for the wave to come and pushing them both into oh, those waves. Do that all day long. <clears throat> I couldn't move my arms by the end of the day. I can imagine. Yeah, that's how it's going to be. So, you know, as this like they're. My kids are young enough that this was more about like just getting them used to the ocean a little more. Honestly, the only other time they've been to the ocean was when we were in the Outer Banks. So, yeah. yeah. So like this was new for them in in a lot of ways and they loved it. They they had a really good time. Did you just like jam them full of ice cream and ice pops and waffles and bullshit all week? Mostly, yeah. Not not quite as much as you might think, but yeah, there was there was a decent amount. Definitely a lot of ice cream. I always wonder how much my ki- how my kids are not just vomiting all over the ocean with the amount of junk I give them when we're on the boardwalk. My uh, my older son did vomit one day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, uh, it was not not fun. Um, my brother, God bless him, spent like about an hour cleaning everything up oh, while I was good, kind of tending good, to him. Yes, he was a very good, good uncle. uncle. Yeah, I um. The shores of Connecticut are not super nice, but um, well, I Connecticut just, not really known as a beach uh, vacation spot, right? That's on the Long Island Sound, right? So it's basically across from all the Rich Hamptons houses. Sure. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this. So um, one of the byproducts of my hernia surgery is um, in in that <laughs> five weeks is I lost fifteen pounds. What are you laughing at byproducts? I just thought you wanted to maybe like. Put it back a second. Be like, so I had a hernia surgery. <laughs> gonna, I thought we talked just... about that on the last episode. That hasn't been released yet. Did we? I'm not sure if we did. I'm oh. not sure we did either. Maybe, maybe yeah. we did. I, I mean, I mean we know you had a hernia surgery. I'm not sure if we talked about it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, I lost 15 pounds. Um, and then um, on this trip, I discovered lobster rolls. God, I need to have hernia surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need two hernias. <laughs> <laughs> You can get two hernias. I know. Let's, come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to joke about rooting for hernias. That sounds horrible. Have you guys ever had lobster rolls? It was my first lobster roll experience. I have. I have, I have had lobster rolls. My, uh, my in-laws live in Maine, so lobster rolls is a thing I've done. Yeah. What was your, your thought point? about... Well, first of all, so this lobster roll, it was like 
as far as you know, it was like a typical lobster roll. I realize it's your first, so you have no real way to. I don't know. That. It was it was lobster on a roll, and it, and it was basically like butter sandwich. Yeah, that's just like that's that, that's a pretty typical lobster roll. I would don't say. Don't they usually have mayonnaise on them? Yeah, well, the the lobsters, you know, it's almost kind of like tuna salad kind of thing. But then, like, they're usually buttered on the side. The mm. the rolls. Are they, is it, was it, this is the questions I had. Is it, is it normally this crazy expensive too? Like the sandwich I got, I ordered two sandwiches every day. So I got the whaler, which is half a pound of lobster on one sandwich. And then I got a regular lobster roll, which was a quarter of a pound. So basically it was eating three quarters of a pound of lobster in one sitting and a lot of butter and a lot of bread. That seems like a lot. Well, the, the whaler was a $45 sandwich. Holy shit. and then the normal sandwich was twenty two dollars. It was a yeah. No, they're not usually that expensive, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, it's a lot of lobster. Like you're getting a lot of meat there, but no. I mean, like I don't think the lobster roll I had, I've had, are usually that big. Not even quarter pound, maybe. But I bet a lot less for them. Holy crap! Well, wow, forty five fucking dollars. <laughs> I bought it for lunch every day. I immediately passed out for a nap afterwards, and um, I gained five pounds back that trip. Yeah, that's pretty good. Forty five dollars. It's like those are like those like burgers in the city that like have like gold leaf on them and shit like that. Ah, uh, that's that's where I've been to. Where I've had the only place I've had lobster roll is at Burger and Lobster in the city, which is like everything. The only two things. They sell is a burger for twenty five dollars or a lobster roll for twenty five dollars. Those oh. are your two choices. Burger and lobster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right by your office. Yeah. Um, what was interesting is I don't remember if we picked this while Nish, you and I were away. I was trying to figure out. I missed the last episode, right? You did. No, you missed the one no. before that. No, yeah, two episodes ago you missed. That's right. <laughs> no, you were here for this one. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to say, you know, beach vacation reminds you of being on the ocean and surfing. And this week we decided to dive into a bit of an older movie that I have never seen. Had I, uh, Cape, wait, no nope. Cape Fear. <laughs> Damn it. Definitely not Cape Fear. Um, you can I've it. never seen this movie. Have you guys ever seen it? Well, I don't know. What movie, Willie? I don't know. What's the <laughs> fucking name of the movie? <laughs> it's not Cape Fear, right? Nope. <laughs> Point Break. Uh, there, you there you go. There you go. 1991's Point Break. I feel like, by the way, side note, I feel like Paul tried to get me to watch Cape Fear multiple times. I feel like times. we just left the meeting. That's, what, right. I That's what I feel like. Out. He appears to still be recording. He does. I closed the hangout when I was still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, Paul, you tried to get me to watch Cape Fear many times, and I kept falling asleep during it. Yep, that's absolutely one of the movies I tried to make you watch. And, you and when you said, let's watch Point Break, Break, I was like, I feel like I've fallen asleep during that movie a hundred times. But a very different movie. Yes. There, is that about the beach? No, Cape it's Fe- not, no. Not, not. Not even a little bit. Okay. I mean, it, it takes place in a seaside community, but that's about it. Well, with that said, I had really not a lot of context around this movie. And then when I started watching it, we're going to dive into it. But I was like, oh, shit, that's where all these pop culture references come from. So have you guys seen this movie before or is it just me that hadn't seen it? I had never seen it all the way through. I'd seen I've seen pieces of it 
on uh, TV. And so it was interesting popping all those pieces in order um, and seeing the huge parts of the movie that I hadn't seen. Yeah. I, I had never seen it. I just knew this as the surfing slash skydiving movie. That's all I knew about it. All right. Nish, why don't you give a brief overview of, of this film? And I don't remember even what year it is. 1991. Oh, good time. Okay. So uh, this movie stars Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah, a former college uh, quarterback who is now a relatively new FBI agent. <clears throat> he gets uh, assigned out to California to the uh, bank robbery unit to investigate a series of bank rob uh, robberies that are being performed by a group who is being called the ex-presidents because they all wear masks of ex-presidents and uh, and go ahead and, uh, and uh, rob banks. And then <laughs> I didn't really know where I was going. And then I was like, oh, they just dropped banks. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Keanu Reeves' partner, played by Gary Busey, uh, the older grizzled uh, FBI agent, suspects for a number of reasons that the bank robbers are actually uh, a group of surfers of some kind. Um, I thought you were going to say he's the older grizzled Busey compared to Jake Busey. <laughs> well, well that, that is definitely true. <laughs> but... Um, no, and then uh, concurrent with that, um, or partially because of that, Keanu Reeves uh, takes up uh, surfing and becomes friends or kind of starts hanging out with a group of surfers uh, led by Bodie, who is played by Patrick Swayze. Um, and the two of them kind of form a bond. And, uh, you know, do these two things intersect? Hmm, maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start with, I wasn't sure. Is this... I was surprised to see this was a Catherine Bigelow film. Was yeah. this her first? Was this her directorial debut? No. In fact, I've watched. I watched one of her older films for the show, uh, Near Dark, which is a Western vampire movie, kind of, um, starring Adrian Pastar. But anyway, <clears throat> um, no. So she she had been directing a little bit before this. I, I don't know how many movies, but this is definitely not her first movie. This was while. This is definitely in that period of time where she was, where she and James Cameron were married. And I believe he's like an executive producer on this. Oh, interesting. So this movie had a definitive feel to it, which I don't know how to describe it other than like, it felt like an 80s movie to me. It felt a lot like Karate Kid in the way they set things up. For example, like uh, in the beginning when, first and foremost, like what's character names? off the bat johnny utah meets Busey's. what's his partner's name again angelo Uh, angelo pappas right he meets pappas and immediately like as he's getting introduced like they kind of explain to you what's going on he's like well welcome to the welcome to the bank robbery division where there's been and then keanu has to rebut back and say well there's been thirty-two thousand bank robberies up 36% or something in the last year. Like they they have a way of explaining things in these movies that they don't do anymore. Yes. Did you guys catch on to that right away? Like I I can't put my finger on what the feel is the way they explain, like this is what's going to happen in the movie and they smash you in the teeth with it right up front. Yeah. I I definitely know what you mean. Uh, Like, like I, I don't know if I picked up on that, like, like consciously, but like when you're saying it, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's just that feel that like, 
80s action movies have. And we're saying, you know, this is in the 90s, but it's 91. But it feels like you said that that part of it anyway feels very 80s action movie. Other parts of this do not feel 80s action movie at all. But but the the FBI parts of it and like the setup very much does. I mean, yeah. I, I think the way that it, the thing that I think you guys are picking up on is I would describe it as like the exposition style where it's just like, there's a lot of it and we're going to do a lot of, they're, they're going to tell you a lot of things that in more recent movies, they would show you instead. Right. And they're just going to tell you, and you're going to have to buy that this is true without any, any anything else than like one line of like dialogue around it. Like, it's like, for instance, I think a good example of this is when they're describing Bodhi and they describe him as having this like, you know, this he has like this fanatical hold over his, you know, over his like group of people. And it's just like, all right, like I never saw anything in the movie that bared that out other than like he was like, you know, kind of the leader of their friend group or whatever. But like that was kind of it. And it was just like, all right, I guess I just have to assume from that one line of dialogue that this is true. And I yeah. feel like that was that was true about a lot of stuff. Like that was true about like you know, they, they, like they, they, as they said in a line of dialogue that kind of raises character Utah, like he's got that, like that, was, that need was, for speed or whatever look was, in his I was, eye. I was, like, was going to say like, like Lori Petty says that like a couple times where it's like, you got that look again. Like you got that look and it's like, you mean the same fucking blank look he always has <laughs> <But> that <laughs> vaguely confused look that Keanu Reeves does. Yeah. So there, I feel like there was a lot of that where there was a lot of like, we're just going to, we're going to describe these characters, especially with characterization. I would say like, we're going to describe these characters to you and we're going to consider that job done and kind of move on. And I, that felt very eighties to me. Yeah. The other thing that feels eighties to me in this movie is, um, and this happens in a lot of eighties movies where, um, somebody who has absolutely zero skill in a particular thing, karate kid, he's never done karate. And then they, they master it in like 30 minutes in the movie. Like Keanu goes from I've never surfed to like, oh, look at this. He's surfing with the best surfers in the area. Yeah. And the wild thing about that is they put a clock on it. They're like, you have a, you have, they're going to be out of here in a month. And it's like, all right, there's no way he's as good of a surfer like in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, so it's like, if you, if you're the star of a movie, you can get really good at something really, really fast in the (laughs) eighties. And then lastly, there's always like, not always, but there seems to be an obligatory like sports scene where it's a sport that is not relevant to the thing going on. Like, man, there must have been a lot of beach or two hand touch football going on in the eighties. Oh, there was a there was a <clears throat> lot of there was a lot of football in this movie. For I mean, think about like in the well, the Karate Kid. It was soccer on the beach, but then like Top Gun, they play football volleyball, or volleyball, no volleyball. volleyball like, yeah, yeah. like there's a lot of always like oh we're going to compete in a sport and put a lot of drama around that other sport that has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned top gun because I feel like this, this, I think at times tries to outdo top gun in terms of like homoerotic subtext that's (laughs) going on in this movie. Um, you know, I asked you guys a couple of weeks ago when I did a very bad job hosting the John Wick show. Will you go see any Keanu Reeves movie? And we came to the conclusion, not really. Um, and I realized, yeah, this is a Keanu movie I haven't seen. I need to say he was pretty bad in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, he's I come mean, a long <laughs> way since this movie is what right. I'm trying I, to say. I was going to say, like, this is the Keanu Reeves where I don't even quite know how you like 
how you critique him because it's just like such a different like this is what he was until he wasn't right like this is like like Ted yeah and in everything he was in like in this like like you have you guys seen Bram Stoker's Dracula oh yeah I mean he's hilarious in that like not on purpose (laughs) but he's hilarious in that where it's like it's just the most out of context like performance you could imagine um, this, at least, it makes a little more sense in that he is supposed to be infiltrating a gang of surfers. And I feel like his the way he is kind of comes across OK for that. It's when he has to be a it's when he has to like emote or, you know, be a be a FBI agent. That I was it's gonna say, when of, he has to be a ex-football star FBI agent. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't quite pull that off, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He really doesn't pull that off. And yet, like, I would probably guess that that is half of this movie's charm right like half of what people like about this movie i would imagine is the ridiculousness like the campiness kind of of uh you know of parts of this movie which it keanu reeves is a huge part of like i I don't know how i've gone this long in my life without hearing i am an fbi agent (laughs) like that line will be like seared in my brain (laughs) I have to say, I was really expecting, going to this movie cold, expecting a more, I was expecting a lot more Patrick Swayze in this movie. I was expecting this to be like a Keanu and Patrick Swayze, like, buddy-buddy fest. Right. It really wasn't. Yeah. Like, Patrick Swayze is not in the movie very much um, until the end. Like, but, um, but like, you know, they, again, this is like, we're going to tell you and not show you, but like, they talk about like this bond that they have and... Uh, it leads to his having complicated feelings, but it's like, I don't see any of that. Like they kind of don't really hang out alone together except for like once. And otherwise it's like kind of like a group setting or, um, Keanu's girlfriends around the whole time. I've forgotten her name now. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is around a lot. And it's just like, I don't see the close relationship between these two. Like, you know, I like whatever. I was thinking, I, I just kept thinking of the first Fast and the Furious movie the whole time I was seeing this and, I, and felt like, yeah, you know, I am yeah. seeing proto Fast and Furious, right? This was, this, this is like, you know, the, the cop goes undercover with the charismatic leader and they become buddies and, you know, is the cop going to be compromised and, and turn and, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of like ridiculousness in the middle. Um, and so maybe that misset my expectations that uh, like, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the connection between the two main characters in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that a hundred percent. That being said, I really did like Patrick Swayze a lot. I thought, I thought he was the best part of the movie um, when, when he was there. I mean, he's also kind of just doing him. Like, there's not too much difference between him here and him in like Roadhouse, but like, but I thought it worked really well. Like, I mean, one, I think he's just at least at this point in their careers, he was just a much better actor. And, and I think this role just fit his persona very well. Um, so I, I really liked him overall. I, thought, even, he was, I yeah. thought he was good. I'll say, um, there's a couple things that jumped out to me at this movie where I was like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that was from this movie. Like I definitely heard a million times about the ex presidents and these guys that rob a bank with max masks on. I didn't know it was this movie. Yeah. Did you guys? I, I did only because that's one of the parts of the movie I had seen. <laughs> like the beginning, like heist in the, in the very beginning of the mm-hmm. movie. 
But yeah, like that. And I felt like half of what I knew about this movie was actually from like Hot Fuzz, which like Point Break oh, is one of the, of the yeah, hot, Point Break is like Point Break and Bad Boys 2, I think, are like the two movies that they like, like take on a lot. They don't even make fun of it. They like almost like pay homage to it. There's a lot of surfing in this movie. And we've all we we have some friends that surf. I don't think any of us are surfers. No. <laughs> How do you think this? Do do you think? How do we phrase this question? Do you think this represents surfing culture in the way Top Gun represents a fighter pilot culture? I think, insofar as the way outsiders think this this culture exists, I would say yes to, to that. Like, it, it, like it, it, it had a very, like, this is what Hollywood thinks surfers are like. Um, well, vibe here, here's what I find about Top Gun. Hey, ask any fighter pilot and they'll tell you it is nothing like that. And I love that movie. And I think surfers like this movie, even though it is utterly ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for surfers. Um, no, please speak for surfers, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't think there was a ton of surfing in this movie. There was a lot of we are about to go surfing or we just finished surfing, um, but there wasn't as much actual surfing footage as I was expecting to see. Right, like there's a big, like showpiece of skydiving, which I thought was very well shot. By the way, I yeah. really like that scene. Um, but like, there isn't a, a similar one of surfing, even though they are surfers you know and it's all about them being surfers kind of but yeah i i agree with you like there I mean, isn't like some big the, the biggest thing i can think of is like the montage i guess early on when he's learning to surf from his right. from his girlfriend there there's like a montage it makes a surfing. certain amount of sense because there's a lot of surfing with like especially patrick swayze's stunt double like his surf the, the person doing the surfing for Bodie. It's like, man, he doesn't look like Patrick Swayze even a little bit. No. Um, yeah, I, I got confused at one point. I was like, is this is this that other dude? Is this Gromit? <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, no, this is supposed to be Bodhi. But Patrick Swayze did do his own skydiving. He looked, I was going to say, his stunt double looked just like him. I have this running um, theory that this movie was like pretty good, but it got super famous because of the skydiving scene. Yeah, I would, it, I, it was I would an unbelievably that. unbelievably shot scene that I don't think we've ever seen before, and I don't know. I don't think people were jumping out of planes without parachutes back then. I think that might have been like for the movie. Yeah, you're saying at the end when he jumps yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was which that was is crazy. maybe one of the more ridiculous movie scenes I've ever seen. Nah, fuck it. I'll jump out without a parachute for this girl. I've had sex with twice. No, they've been together a while by then. A well, month. It still he can't be month. more than a month. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, yeah. Do you guys like Lori Petty? I find her insufferable most of the time. I thought she was fine here. Yeah. Like, I think she's less insufferable here than she is in like a league of their own. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that for sure. I thought um, it was, I thought it was wild that Johnny Utah, the undercover FBI agent, 
told his girlfriend and apparently everybody where he actually lives and like didn't have like oh a- my god <laughs> it's so much about like like yeah. they there's that huge- and also he tells him he tells him his real name right and they know exactly who he is right right yeah like, I mean, he's famous I, I, enough that you he'd be recognized on site, but you, but I guess I don't. Know, I guess it was like the '90s. You couldn't like look up what he actually what actually happened. What, to what him. yeah, what he did now, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess there's that. But I did think it was crazy. Like, right. So like midway through the movie, there's like this big chase scene yet after a bank robbery, which I I thought is the other really well shot part of this movie. Like that that chase scene was kind of awesome for a scene where it's like you knew it was going to get away the whole time. But the, you're like, talking about the foot race. Yeah, chase? the foot race, yeah. like through multiple houses and down the alleys, like the way that is shot is really good. I, I like that a lot. Um, but like when it ends, like through that whole thing and then when it ends, it's like, like I, I just ended it being like, oh, right, well, his cover is blown, right? <laughs> like, and it's like and and his cover is blown. Like they show at the campfire, like they're like, he's a federal agent. Like they obviously recognized him and knew who he was. All of them, not just Patrick Swayze. And yet, like, there he is in his house with his girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what is he doing? Like, how would he not know that his cover's blown? Why would He's he so... go back to the house where the bank robbers know he lives? And the, and the, and then they, they kidnap him, or quote-unquote kidnap him for the skydiving scene. And I'm just like, I don't know why this is happening. Right. Like, like it doesn't accomplish a goddamn thing. Like, they could have just showed him the video at any point. Um but they went through this whole rigmarole where he's like, I don't know, maybe my cover is not blown, which I don't know how he could possibly think that. And he's just kind of but, and, warily and he, going along with it. And he obviously kind of does think that his cover's blown yeah. because he like he's scared. He like tries to get his gun, but he doesn't. He repeatedly asks them who packed his pack when they're like giving it like when they're tr- giving him the skydive the parachute pack. Like it's like he obviously thinks like something bad is going to go down and then it doesn't. Which is, a, which is a nice little bit of misdirection, I will say that. Because um, you kind of assume that this is how they're going to get rid of him. Like, like it, it comes right after he's like, I know just what to do with him, like about him. And then they right. like take him skydiving. It's like, oh, well, they're going to like, like give him a pack and like have him like jump out the plane and like, you know, and then everything actually ends up fine. And they're like, it, it was a weird scene, like even though it's beautifully shot where it's like, not only Patrick Swayze, but the rest of them are all like bonding with them too. They're like, "You're doing a great job, Johnny." Yeah, it's like that's right, man. It's like it's, they're it's very so, supportive. Yeah, they're so supportive. <laughs> For any any period of time, did you think it was the? I don't even know how to describe them. The the white nationalists, that Anthony Kiedis's crew. <laughs> no, when he, but no, when he I, came on screen, I was like, holy shit, that looks just like Anthony Kiedis. I had, I had to like stop and look him up. Look like, it holy up. shit, it is <laughs> Anthony Kiedis. That's so crazy. It was hilarious to see Anthony Kiedis. Um, who knew that Flea is not the only uh, one of them who acts? Who knew? Um, yeah, the drummer, Will Ferrell's in a ton of movies too. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't ever think that they were the ex presidents. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it, I don't think we're supposed to think that. I think we're supposed to know that he's getting this wrong the whole time. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It makes you scratch your head because he's like he's at that party at Patrick Swayze's house, right at Bodie's house, and you're like, aren't you wondering how this dude who doesn't have a job and all he does is surf lives in this massive Absolutely. fucking house yeah. and throws these parties? Like, hello. <laughs> Yeah, but man, when they man when they raided the those white nationalists, those guys, this house man, that 
that chick from the shower really fought back hard. She was, yeah, oh, she did. She did not go down. She went. She she was more hardcore than any of the other guys they took yeah. out. I, know. I was just assuming it's just like, oh, she just like smoked a bunch of meth or something. She was just like out of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill all the cops. <laughs> Uh, I like the part where his face was almost shoved in a lawnmower. Not because I liked that his face was almost shoved in a lawnmower, but I thought it was shot really cool. Like yes. there was some tension there. Yeah. Although the whole yeah. time I was like, he could just push the lawnmower out of the way. Like it's a tiny <laughs> little lawnmower. He could just move it. It's on wheels. Roll right, it. Right. And he's holding on to it. Like, why isn't it moving out of the way? Yeah. Why doesn't he just push the wheels forward a little bit? Well, we got to talk about the neighbor who decided to leave a running lawnmower blades up in the yard for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star of the movie right there. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean this is one of those movies, like overall, where it's like if you, it's 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 not the kind of movie you nitpick because it is like so easy to nitpick. Like it's it's not really made for that, right? Like like just like the basics of like some of the stuff we've been talking about, but even even just the basics of like what what FBI agent would like behave like this at like any point in time, like right. <laughs> Like, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't even think Hollywood thought like, like, like this wasn't even a Hollywood, like, you know, you know, like we were talking about like, this is what Hollywood thinks surfers are like, like Hollywood never thought FBI agents were like that. Yeah, like Busey. And, and, when and, he's and, like... and, and I guess that's kind of the point, right? Like that's, you know, F, F, FBI agents are supposed to be like fucking John C. McGinley, I guess. But like, it's, it's still weird that they would like tolerate like everything he does up to that point, like even even to the end where it's like at the very end of the movie, he throws away his badge and it's like he was still an FBI agent. Yes, like, I was very how surprised. Did they, that. How did they not take his badge? Like, how on earth is he still allowed to be an FBI agent? And go like, how is he not like in like still in like internal affairs hearings or whatever passes for that in the FBI? Like, I have no idea how that works, but. I mean, I for whatever know. reason, he fucking robbed a bank with like like that guy wasn't you know, like, like he was right. Like, it's like, yeah, like you helped rob a bank and like three people died and one of them was an off duty cop. Like that's not good. <laughs> Dude, that was, that was a little nutty. Yeah. Um, I like Busey in this movie. Cause yeah. you know, his character was supposed to be a nutbag and you know, well played. Yes. I really appreciated a couple of scenes with him in it. I, I liked the beginning when we're kind of being introduced to him and he just like supposed to get bricks off the bottom of the pool and he kind of drawing back and forth and he just does this like weirdo cannonball into the pool. Yeah. And I loved his like disheveled, confused thing that he was doing. Like the one time he was when Johnny was getting the shit kicked out of him by Anthony Kiedis's group and he comes running down and Swayze had saved him. And he's like, uh, somebody stole my stereo. Like, can you help me find my stereo? No, I, I thought actually, I, I like that scene. Cause he, he comes across as like, a, like his improv skills in that moment, like the character improv skills are great. Yeah, like he, yeah, he plays yeah. off total legit. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm looking for this guy. Like, you know, where'd he go? And like, he goes back to that. Well, too, when he was like, when he's going over to the, 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 Ketis's house and he was like to find the, the dog. dog have you yeah. seen my dog Scooby. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he did a great job with that I yeah. was he also has one of, I I have to imagine this is an ad-libbed line from Gary Busey the I'm so hungry I could eat the the ass end out of a dead rhino line 
There I mean, there's no line. way that line was in the script. <laughs> well, there was another line he had too, where he said something that I've heard repeated before, where he said, "Young, dumb, and full of cum." Come. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, that's and John I'm C. Like, McGinley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's John C. McGinley actually in the beginning. Like, yep. I've I've heard this line before. I didn't realize it was from this movie. Maybe not it's sure. not. I'm not sure it is. I think I, I yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah. sure that it is. I think yeah, it's just, I'm not sure either. Or whether that's just a phrase yeah. that, that maybe had that's already like been old, being used. Maybe that's like an old military phrase they recycled. Right. Right. It could be something like that. I don't know. Uh, all that said, by the way, I'd watch this movie again and I kind of liked it. Like we're kind of picking it apart. Like, well, it's a silly. I thought it was. It's, it's a silly, silly movie, but it's like a fun, silly movie. It was a fun movie to watch for me. Like I, it breezed by. The movie went really fast, primarily because it was like, oh, I'm not supposed to take this seriously at all. <laughs> right. That is definitely true. Even, so they. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, even the parts that. Like, I, I, I don't know if like I like you said, I, I don't think we're ever supposed to take it seriously. But even the parts where it's like there's some drama of some kind are like completely undercut by like anything Keanu Reeves says at that moment. Like there's just so like the line readings are just so horrible, whether it's on purpose or not, that it's like, all right, well, I'm still not taking this seriously because it's just <laughs> yeah. deeply silly. He was so bad in this movie. Like, <laughs> I still love him, but he was so bad. Um you know what was missing from this movie was like one good power ballad where he's accomplishing something. Well, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? They had they had the rat song during the the surfing montage. I that, did um, I did I did not love the song selections though. I didn't feel like they were memorable enough. They were they were like they were eighties, but like not in a good way. Like like I guess what I mean. You mentioned like you know like Top Gun. You have like Danger Zone or something like that, or you know, yeah. and and like. Karate Kid, you have like, you know, whatever, like you're the best or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the name of that song is. Like, I remember those songs. Like, I don't, I don't remember that rat song. Like, I only know it's rat because that's what the subtitles told me. <laughs> Back was, to the subtitles. Yep. Yeah, it was it was written for the movie. And it was like, I'm not going to fall off my board or something like that. Like, <laughs> it was like so on the nose. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, you would think they would have had a chili pepper song yeah you would think right they were almost famous at this point is that is that right did did blood sugar sex magic come out that year or the next year 91 or 92 but like yeah i don't think i don't think they had like broken out when they shot this film but did the same thing as you paul it's like man that really looks like anthony kiedis (laughs) right (laughs) Holy shit, it is. He looked great. Yeah, he did. He was a handsome young guy. Yeah. All right, anything else that we want to... I was going to say, I don't know this. if we have anything else. Uh, what I did want to touch on is, so they they remade this movie or rebooted this movie? There's a... I think it was a remake, yeah. In 2015, I believe. Yeah. Do you think it was like as campy or like I here's the thing I heard it was not I, I heard it was like super like taking itself seriously and that was what was kind of horrible about it uh, it, it did not do well and it did not get good reviews you know the concept of the heist and the way they did the heist and in and out in 90 seconds was awesome you could make a good movie around that yeah I like that idea I mean that that first heist with the, the way that you know 
like again the way that shot and like the way it's kind of cut and everything i thought was like pretty cool like like it was just the last it was just exciting and quick yeah yeah the one that goes like completely wrong I'm thinking of the moment how they were staking out this bank and have been chasing this crew and they know the robbery is happening and Busey is too busy thinking about fucking meatball sandwiches and <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> fucking cartoons yeah. to just keep an eye on the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one is great. And then it's hilarious again that like they they get out and they both see them get out of the, uh, of the bank and the first thing Keanu Reeves thinks to do is step out and say... Stop FBI. It's like you are the fucker who like is in like has infiltrated them. Like, what are you doing (laughs) without any kind of mask? Like just like going out and like saying FBI, like you don't do that shit unless you're sure you're going to get them. Especially in the previous raid where they made a point to tell him to hang back. So his cover doesn't get blown. (laughs) Yes. See what they really should have done is fucked with them and they should have all wore Swayze masks. There you go. So the FBI wears Swayze masks. Well, they should have worn the um, the the William Shatner Halloween masks. Those are scary. <laughs> Those are very scary. Okay, is there anything else we want to talk about with this film? Can we just talk about the one guy who actually does a Nixon impression while they're robbing the bank? Oh, oh I love that. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I, I was kind of the... waiting for them all to do that a little bit. It's a pretty good Nixon impression. It is pretty good. I've seen like what what else is that guy in? Like he's a he's a dude that like comes in a bunch of movies. Which guy was that? I don't even remember which one was it. It's Roach. The the guy who acts. Oh yeah, he's been in other stuff. Yeah. I just don't know what. (laughs) I don't know what either. Um I am mildly it's gonna be bad. I am mildly interested in seeing the remake just because I'm curious, but I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Yeah, I feel like they I feel I like this could be a, a, a TV show on Netflix. It, this does feel like it's rife for a yeah a reboot with like you know all Lethal Weapon or MacGyver or any of those. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Have they done a Lethal Weapon reboot. Yeah, right. It was on TV. It was like on Fox uh, or something, right? And Damon re- Damon Damon Wayans Jr. or was it Damon Wayans Senior? I can't remember. And didn't they have to replace one of the leads after the? F- like pretty quickly, yeah. The the guy who played Riggs, um, they had to replace because there was like you got too old for this shit. No, unfortunately, <laughs> that's Murtaugh. <laughs> but uh, no. yeah, no. Uh, I think it was like like Me Too kind of shit, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. oh yeah, they, they brought in Sean William Scott. That's right, Stifler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's put some grades on this one. There'll probably, uh, there'll probably be a Netflix show of this before too long. Probably. I'll start with you, Paul. Um, I, I, I like this movie. You know, it felt like a, it felt like a really early example of a move of a, of a genre of movie that's been perfected since then, which, which like means I appreciate it, but also time I'm like, mm, they do this thing a lot better now. Hmm. Um, but I did like it. Would I see it again? Eh, probably not. Um, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go right down the fairway and give this one a three. How about you, Nesh? Yeah, I think three sounds about right for me as well. Um, it, this is a hard movie to grade in certain ways, uh, just because it's like 
I mean, there are things about it that I thought were really good. Like, like I said, like there are certain scenes that I thought are like incredibly well shot. And that skydiving part, as we all talked about, is really, really cool. Like the way they shoot that. Um, but like there are other parts that are just not good or like just very silly. And it's like part of me grading it a three is grading it on a like this is goofy and like kind of fun because it's goofy. But like I don't I'm not entirely sure how much it's meant to be this goofy or not. So but yeah, yeah it, it it's enjoyable. I totally understand why it has like kind of a cult following. And I feel like I would be part of that cult had I like gotten to this movie like when I was younger. Like there are movies that are very similar quality to this, probably worse in certain ways that like I like, you know, would watch. I would I fucking mentioned Roadhouse in the middle of this, right? Like that yeah. that fits. That's that's a movie yep. that's not very good, but like very much has a cult following, and I will watch anytime it's on TV, basically. And that I don't feel that way about this, but I think I would have if I had gotten to this earlier in my life. I'm going to echo a lot of what y'all said, but it's going to come from almost the opposite angle of you, Paul, where you said you feel like what they did in this movie, they've perfected it since. I feel like this is the last of a previous genre. It just wasn't as good. Mm. I get what you right? mean. All that said, like this movie is if we're like being real honest and critiquing and, and talking about the quality of film, this is a terrible movie that I really enjoyed and I can't, so I have to grade it a three as well. And that like, I'm giving you my opinion on the movie. I can go in either direction. If somebody was like, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I can't be like, what are you talking about? And if somebody was like, this is the worst piece of shit ever filmed, I would equally understand. So the, the, the the Willie grading is a three full well knowing artistically and writing and most importantly acting was like really really bad I don't care I enjoyed the movie yeah I think we're all saying the same thing uh, mostly I, I think we're pretty much saying the same thing okay so that ties a bow on that this week um, I also I've been watching some stuff, you know, there's, there's movies coming out, um, left and right, you know, via streaming platforms. Now I watched, um, jungle cruise, the, the Dwayne, the rock Johnson movie, which was actually pretty entertaining. And, um, Mm -hmm. I watched black widow and the big news coming out of black widow is, um, and maybe by the time this broadcasts streams posts, what do I say here, Paul? Yeah, post is good. Yeah. By the time this thing posts, maybe it'll be resolved. But um, the, the thing trending right now is this kind of lawsuit back and forth between Scarlett Johansson and Disney, which is spurring. I don't know if you all heard, but it's spurring other actors to get in on the action. Gerard Butler's suing over his Angel Has Fallen or London Has Fallen or whatever the most recent one that he did uh, as well what do we think about this? Like kind of the way things are being released and the actors kind of getting screwed a little postpartum, if you will. I mean, my, my opinion is that this is mostly, this is mostly theater around resetting expectations going forward more than anything else. And so far as like, I think the major takeaway of all this is like, actors contracts will have provisions for this kind of thing um 
you know, in the future. Um, and I think that probably matters more than any particular outcome, you know, from any of this stuff. Like, you know, is Scarlett Johansson owed money by Disney? Yeah, probably. Um, but I think what this, you know, shows is like, you know, you probably sh- should have some kind of clause in there. Like, Hey, if, if, you know, if this shows up on streaming in some way, shape or form, like, you know, I'm going to need some kind of compensation around that too, like beyond theatrical stuff. Um, cause you know, who knows? And I think that, I think, I think that's the important part from all this. I think you're right. Although if there's anybody Disney, there's probably two actors Disney shouldn't kind of pick a fight with right now over this stuff, in my opinion. Her and Robert Downey Jr. because their story arcs are done. They've got nothing to lose and they both have a ton of money to fight it in court. It's just going to be a bad look. Yeah, that that was the thing I was going to say is that it's like I, I agree with what you said, Paul, about like, you know, it's like I'm not I'm not overly concerned about like Scarlett Johansson specifically not getting money that's owed to her because she has a fuck ton of money. Um, Disney has more. You know, it, this is more like, like you said, like, I, I think there's a little bit of principle involved here in that, like, other, I'm, I'm a little surprised, first of all, that Disney didn't renegotiate this with her at the time, because yeah, other studios did, like, this well, happened. Well, this is, the, no, no, this is why the lawsuit's happening, is because as it was, the contract was signed forever ago, before any of the pandemic shit, and her attorneys kept pinging Disney, saying, hey, like, we want to come to some type of agreement and Disney basically just wouldn't respond. Yeah. Well, which yeah, is, but that's, which is... that's the thing because like for other things, like, I mean, we, we talked about Hamilton on this show and like they had to renegotiate that whole thing. Right. Um, or like, or like, or like all the Warner brothers stuff when it went to streaming, like they didn't, you know, we, we talked on this show about how they didn't really tell anybody in advance, which was like its own little oopsie, but they did re- renegotiate with all with like with those actors and directors about the fact that it was going to be streaming and like how basically the payday would work from that. And like, I, it, my understanding is that there was some of that already in Scarlett Johansson's contract, which makes sense. Cause every, you know, every movie streams at some point. Um, so there was going to be something about streaming, but it wasn't going to be a streaming release, obviously, because this was all pre pandemic. And I think her clause said theatrical release only. And so they right. really needed to renegotiate that once it wasn't going to be a theatrical release only. Um, and so it, it, it surprises me they didn't. And then the other thing that I think they really kind of fucked up on was like when she like like when she's filed the lawsuit, Disney's response was like pretty shitty. shitty. Yeah, Like it it really like it like they they put right out there how much money she made and like it was like it was really trying to paint her as being like very greedy and it's kind of a thing where it's like i mean maybe to some extent right like it's like she has a lot of money and she wants more it's like but you have even more money like you're fucking disney like it's like you know and and you know i i i do think there is like i'm 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 a little hesitant you know some people have a tendency to like play like a gender or race card at like any little thing if the person is like a woman or is of a you know a minority race but i do think it's warranted in this case like i'm not sure they would have worded things the way they did if this was a man who was who was in the lawsuit my understanding is um 
Bob Iger is not the CEO anymore. And the person that replaced him was the guy that ran the parks, Disneyland and Disney World. And he is just an asshole. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy that'll find a way when they launch the new Star Wars thing to make you spend $42 on a Wookiee chip witch, essentially, right? Like he just is squeeze blood out of a rock when it comes to cash type of operator and no EQ whatsoever. And Bob Iger is not happy about what's going down. He was more the relationship with the talent guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, when, when talent is suing a studio, you know, the talent is in the right, you know, 99% of the time. Yeah. Agreed. So, I tend to, I, I, I tend I, to believe, I, I tend to side with her in this situation. I do but, too, but I, you know, who knows, but I'll say this much is like my, my, you know, armchair quarterback is like, I don't think Disney could pick a worse person to go to like battle with right now. Cause it's, it's not like anything that happens here is going to prevent her from getting another job and she's going to make a ton of money. Like she has enough money to fight them in court for a, quite a while and she's going to have no problems getting jobs and her, character arc is over yeah i agree it, it just yeah it we just seems nothing over her anymore other than like this like back and forth and bad mouthing each other and i don't think scarlett johansson's going to come out on the wrong side of the bad mouthing yeah i don't really think so either and and like you said in in part that's because like it's not going to affect like any future marvel movies for the most part because she's not going to be in any future marvel movies i mean you know that that, that we really know of and I think I, I think I also read that like behind the scenes, like uh, what's his name? Kevin Feige or whatever, like is pretty annoyed at Disney for kind of the way that they've kind of done this. Hmm. Like he's he's not very happy about it either. I mean, not, not that he's going to do anything like, you know, or can do anything about it. But, you know, for what that's worth as well, like I, I don't think it affects her her standing with Marvel should, should they want to bring her back for something at some point? Um, I had one more off topic slash topic thing to talk to you about. Okay. We got an email. <laughs> did you see it? <laughs> did you see it, Mesh? No. Did I see it? What, it went to the it? old address. That's why. That's right. Ah, uh, uh, it's from Jesse Young, and he said he wanted to know if he got our last email because he reached out to us, and he would like us, Podflix, to be a top mentor on his new social audio experience. We are nothing if not top mentors. That's, That's what I was going to say. Is how would you feel about being a top podcast mentor with all of our years of experience doing this? Well, I certainly like, don't want to be a bottom podcast mentor. <laughs> <laughs> You're in our shitty tier of mentors. <laughs> kind of lessons have we learned from podcasting over the years? <clears throat> I can't think uh, of a single one. <laughs> <laughs> nope, okay. I got nothing. Nope. Nothing here. How do we end these things these days? Do we talk about anything else? Well, yeah. How do you find us? Let's say you did want to send us a real message. You were a real listener and wanted to reach out to us. Where would you reach us, Nish? At, at our current email address which is talktopodflix at gmail.com. Apparently the old one works too. Yeah, good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you can tweet at us at, at podflix. 
That's the one. <laughs> Can we talk about how excited I am for this new Ghostbusters movie? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I mean, it fucking like hits it, it hits the right amount of it, it has the exact right nostalgia feeling without feeling like a retread and it doesn't feel like a little kid version like it doesn't feel like ghostbusters babies um there is there is one thing i'm a little trepidatious about but i think it'll probably be okay i don't know maybe it won't i don't know well it's just the trailers but it doesn't seem very funny i mean that's kind of a big part of ghostbusters isn't it (laughs) yeah but i think that's fine Maybe like I I don't think necessarily like what's happened. I mean, I'm having trouble envisioning Paul Rudd being in a Ghostbusters movie and having nothing f- funny happen. No, I mean, I'm I'm maybe, sure he but... has funny stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But the rest of it seems at least at least what they've chosen to show in the trailer seems fairly serious. Like it's all about this like family stuff and like Egon's granddaughter or whatever it is and like. But I actually, I actually like the tone they're striking in that trailer. Like it works for me. Like if it it works for me for the trailer, I, I like the trailer, and yeah. and I'm excited about the movie. But but that is one thing that it's like. I, I hope it's reasonably funny too. Well, trailers aren't the movie, which is why I know I, exactly. I, yeah, that 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 is what I'm banking on. Nothing from Willie. He doesn't care about this. No, sorry, I was dealing with the dog. Uh, is, no, I want to see it. Is the dog excited for Ghostbusters? No, uh, I don't know. Probably, you guys, ha- probably hasn't seen the trailer yet, right? Did you guys watch the Kristen Wiig Ghostbusters? I know, I never yeah. did. I, I didn't actively avoid it. I just never ended up watching it. Uh, it's pretty. Keep... It's pretty good. Like the 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 third act kind of falls apart a little bit, but not like it has story problems. But um, it's pretty good. The thing that's weird about it is like. Having watched it, like a lot of the controversy was like, put let's put the sexist controversy aside for a moment. But a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the thing that made a lot of people upset was, well, they're basically they're rebooting Ghostbusters and throwing away the original canon, and people love those movies, and that was upsetting, especially since they announced at the time, like, oh, we're starting this whole Ghostbusters shared universe, which never happened, and we're like ditching all the old stuff. And then I watched the movie, and it's like. There's less than no reason that this movie has to be a reboot. Like this movie could have been in the same universe as the other movies, and like nothing, you wouldn't have to change a single thing. Right. Like nope. it would, it would just be like a new group of people taking up, like deciding to be Ghostbusters, right? Like years yeah, exactly. after the years after the old Ghost, Ghostbusters like petered out. Right. You could. Have I don't. Had, like, one I don't think I even. Knew, and would have been I don't fine. think I even knew that they were like throwing away the old stuff. I because because I knew that. A bunch of them had like like I knew that Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray right have cameos in yeah in well, whatever it's called answer the call is that what it's called I think it's just called answer. Ghostbuster yeah and they might have added the... they 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 added a they added a subtitle at yeah. some point um I thought it was bad no yeah. you didn't like it no I didn't enjoy it I liked it I like the people in it I Chris, did too Chris yeah. Hemsworth was very funny in it he was I heard that. I generally like everything Melissa McCarthy's in. I like Kristen Wiig movies. Didn't enjoy the movie. And I thought um, her name has now flown out of my head. Not those two. Not Leslie Jones. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. I thought she was freaking hilarious in that. She was the funniest part of the movie. Like I thought she was awesome. 
She's often the most hilarious part of every movie she's in. Yeah. She was she's great. like quirky and funny as fuck. Yeah. But and on SNL, she's always the first one to laugh during. But she's great. I mean, she's great on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, have not seen it. 